Hey, this is Dusty Otis. Welcome to the Living Redefined Podcast. This is a place where we discuss modern day topics and attack them with biblical truths. The goal that we have is just to make daily decisions based on morality and integrity. I want to help you move forward in your faith, and I hope that today helps you do that. Enjoy the message. Well, hello. Welcome back. Happy New Year. So many greetings to start the new year. I'm so thankful that you're here. My name is Dusty, and I have the pleasure of spending the next uh, 25 to 35 minutes with you, depending on what happens here. And so I'm thankful that you're tuning in, joining me online on YouTube or Facebook. There's clips all over the place. And I'm just grateful for your time and your engagement. I'm believing that you're going to be blessed back because you joined me here today. And so today we're starting a brand new series titled The Pursuit of Purpose. The Pursuit of Purpose. It's kind of what we're all chasing, right? Some people call this the American dream if, if you're a Western culture person. And the title of today's message is A Humble Suggestion. Just a a humble suggestion. Everyone asked that. Hey, can I just offer one uh, humble suggestion? Those are always the best, right? And so the description of this series for the next few weeks, we're we'll talking about pursuing God's purpose and perspective for, for your life. And so if you've uh, never joined me before, thank you. Uh, it means more than you know. So make sure that you like, subscribe. You can even rate or comment. That would be amazing if you would do that. We don't have very many people doing that. Uh, nearly a thousand subscribers and yet um, not many reviews. And so leave us a review. That would be, that'd be amazing. And so let's, uh, let's pray, and we're going to jump into the message. Father, you're an amazing God who wants more for us than we want for ourselves. Lord, you know us inside and out, top to bottom, front to back. And so I ask that your people, the people who can hear my voice today, would uh, be open to receive. Lord, they would be honest with themselves, that they would get real with themselves, get real with you so they can move forward so they can be better, so that we can be, believe, and become better followers of Jesus. I love you, and I thank you for letting me be a part of what you want to do on the face of the earth. It's in your name I pray. Amen. And so, how many of you know that God's, uh, God's purpose is greater than your intention? God's purpose is greater than your intention. Now, let's, let's backtrack. We're going to be in Genesis 37 today. So this is the beginning. This is Old Testament, first book, 37 chapters. So here's what happened before that. God created the heavens and the earth. He created the night and the day. And he created you and me. And when he created you and me, he said he made you in his image. He made me in his image. And the only reason that he did that was because he wanted to see himself in us. And he wanted a relationship with us. And so then sin entered the picture. Adam and Eve broke our relationship with God. And God sent his son to restore the relationship. Fast forging out to Ephesians. This is New Testament. Chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. It says, for you're saved by grace through faith. And so this, I don't want to assume this, so we got to go here real quick. For you're saved by grace through faith, and it's God's gift to you. You're not saved by your works, is what verse 9 says. And verse 10 says, for we are, we, we meaning us, the human race, are God's creation, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time so that we should walk in them. Some say could walk in them so that we will walk in them, so that we could serve in them, Right? And so to pursue purpose, you must believe this scripture, specifically Ephesians 2.10, that God, God made you and he, and he had a plan for you. He has a purpose for you. He prepared that beforehand so that you would walk in it. In verse 8, it says it's, for, it's by God's grace that you're saved. And so a lot of people think you just have to work, 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 put in hours, depending on, on what your religious background is. You know, well, I just have to do this. If I just do this, then, then, then I'll, I'll get in, Right. It doesn't have to be like that. For it's, by God's grace, what's that? God's remarkable compassion and favor drawing you close to Christ that you have been saved, right? 
which means actually delivered from judgment. Because Jesus came, you don't get judged. This is why we're told don't judge unless you want to be judged. Delivered from judgment and given eternal life through your faith. You're saved by faith. This is your belief. Faith comes by, by hearing and doing the word. Faith is not something you see. It's something you believe in your heart. And so this salvation is not of yourself. So it's not through your own effort. It's not something that you did. It's an undeserved grace gift from God. And then to break down verse 9, it says, Salvation is not a result, and I'm paraphrasing here, salvation is not a, wor- not a result of your work, right? It's not a result of your attempt to keep the rules, to, to follow the list, right? So no one can boast. Like, if, if you could, if it was just about following this rules and you could say, hey, look what I did, I'm, I'm so awesome. It says, so nobody can boast or take credit for their salvation because it's not about works, it's about grace. For we are his workmanship, we're his workmanship. This is Ephesians 2.10, kind of a little bit deeper. For we are his workmanship, his own masterwork, a work of art created in Christ Jesus, which means reborn from above, we are adopted. Spiritually transformed, renewed, and ready for service. Ready for service. For, which, what's that mean? For good works, which God prepared, be, prepared for us beforehand. Which means we, we take paths that he set before us so that we can walk in them living the good life, which he prepared, prearranged, made ready for us a long time ago. And so we're jumping in now. Let's go, to Gen- let's go back now. From that, you must believe that. If you're going to pursue your purpose, you must believe Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. That's kind of the, that's kind of the, hey, you need this, right? And so let's go to Genesis 37. Joseph was the son of Jacob. Um, he's in the genealogy. He's in the bloodline of Jesus. Joseph was, was known as the righteous one, the righteous one. And Joseph was incredibly favored by his father. And his father gave him this special colored coat. And then he was sold by his brothers to Egypt, which was just, you know, awesome. It wasn't. Where he ultimately became ruler of the land, second only to King Pharaoh, and, and ultimately saved his family from famine. Now, we're going to cover this story over the next couple weeks. And so, um, Old Testament, first book, Genesis chapter 37. It's fascinating. It's going to be worth your time, it's going to be worth the read, especially as we relate to the trials and the triumphs that Joseph went through, that Joseph experienced on the way to living his purpose. And by the way, his purpose wasn't to be second in command. So, so, so stay with me. And what you need to know about your purpose is that you're not meant to just step into your purpose. It, if, if you just stepped into your purpose, that would play out like a position that you get or a box that you check. You're not meant to step into your purpose. You are meant to fulfill your purpose. That has way more meaning to it. And to fulfill your purpose, that plays out through your journey in life, your journey in the way that you navigate the way of life. Where at the end, because you've fulfilled your purpose, where you're at the end, God says, well done, well done, good and faithful servant. Servant. So good news, regardless of how you find yourself today, on a couch, laying in bed, eating breakfast, Uh, driving in a car, wherever you're at. If you're breathing, if you're breathing, you still have not fulfilled your purpose. If you're breathing, you still have not fulfilled your purpose. And if you were here in the room with me, you would say, amen. Amen. And so let's look at the story of Joseph in Genesis 37. We're going to kind of go through just a few of these this week. And so don't think, oh my gosh, we're going to read Genesis 37. We're not doing it. Okay. Now, 
Jacob dwelt in the land where his father was a stranger in the land of Canaan. This is the history of Jacob. Joseph, so, so this is the history of Jacob, right? So we're talking Jacob coming from Abraham, who's the father of faith, Isaac, his son, and Jacob. We're talking about the son of Jacob. This is bloodline genealogy stuff that we talked about. And Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brothers, and the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report to, uh, of them to his father. So Bilhah and Zilpah, wives, probably lovely ladies, right? And, and he brings a bad report about his brothers to his dad. He hasn't had a dream yet. And so before the dream, you can already see that he's, a, he's an ark, right? He's a tattletale. And so that probably didn't win him much favor with his brothers to start, okay? Now, Joseph's father loved him so much that he gave him a coat of many colors. Then his brothers saw from the outside, wow, dad loves him more than he loves us, right? And so they hated him, and they did not speak peaceably to him. Hate is a strong word. It's not like they, they really didn't care for him or, or they disliked, and they hated him. That's the first one, so if you're taking notes, you can highlight that one. And then verses 5 through 7 say, Then Joseph had a dream that all of his brothers bowed down to him, and he told it to them, and they hated him even more. Hate strong, but to hate more, it's getting bad. It's getting rough, okay? And verse 8, So his brothers said to him, Shall you indeed reign over us? You're, you, you little shrimp, 17 years old, you're going to reign over us? Or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams, and for his words, there's three levels, just keeps piling on. The hate keeps piling on. And what I think that you need to see here is Joseph is telling this to, he's the younger brother. He's telling this to older, stronger, wiser, more experienced men. No man ever receives that well, right? And so verses 9 through 10, then Joseph dreamed another dream, and it was similar to his first, but this time he told it to his father and his brothers. And his father rebuked him. He kind of checked and said, whoa, whoa, what's this dream that you have dreamed? Shall your mother and I and your brothers come to bow down before you? And then it says in verse 11 that his brothers envied him, but his father, his father kept the matter in mind. I'm going to remember this. This is, this is a piece of something. I'm going to remember this. And I think that when you think about Joseph, knowing that he was 17 and how he comes across, it makes a lot of sense because tends to be that most 17-year-olds know everything, right? I know that I did. And so um, pride, right? Arrogance, confidence, know it all. They have this mentality they can walk on water and eat bullets. And if you've seen that movie, you know where I'm going, right? And so then they have that approach. There was not much humility in Joseph's approach. There was a lot of pride. And regardless of your spiritual depth, or your biblical knowledge, we all know that pride comes before the fall. Pride comes before the fall. Now, what you know about 17-year-old boys is they've not developed much character yet. Work ethic, integrity, morals, ethics, all of that, right? And so Joseph was weak in his character. But character is the foundation for your purpose. Character is the foundation for your purpose. And so you're never going to have a greater purpose than your character will allow. And so if you have a weak character, your purpose is going to be and match about that, 
right? And so then your character is the foundation for your purpose, and you're never going to have a greater purpose than your character. So then, so then we need to remember what God's goal is for us. And God's goal is for you to live your life on purpose, for purpose. On life, for purpose. How do you get there? How do I get there? That doesn't make any sense, especially with what you just said. Well, to get there, we need to grow and develop and become Christ-like in our character. Christ-like in our character. Be more like Jesus to live a greater purpose, right? It's investment, it's exchange, it's all those things. And so the first thing that you need to know in pursuing your purpose and, and the purpose for your life is this first point. God has a purpose for you. God has a purpose for you. There is a plan. It's been prepared. You've been positioned. We saw that in Ephesians 2.10, but I want to make it very personal to you. And so we're going to reference Jeremiah 29.11. Most believers know this, but let's say it together if you do. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you, but plans to give you a hope and a future and a future. And you need to know that God's purpose for you is bigger and better than your intention for yourself. God's purpose is greater than my intention. That's huge. That's huge. We all know what good intentions do. Roll the dice, right? And so you might say, yeah, Dusty, that's easy to say. And, and I could even agree with that. I could even agree that God's purpose is greater than, than what I intend to do because he is he is the Almighty. But do you want to know why it is that way? It's that way because Barna Statistics, is a big church study statistic group, Barna Statistics show that 87% of all people who roam the earth have no clue why they're here. That's a big number. And so then do you think that that might be because as a people, we've gotten to a place where we trust ourselves more than we trust God? Right? So then it's not just pride that comes before the fall. It's the fact that we're taught throughout the Bible to not lean on our own understanding, to not put our faith in men, in which, which includes ourselves, but to trust God above everything because he's the only one who's truly looking out for my best interest. He's the only one who's truly looking out for your best interest. And there's all these external things that can cloud that and steal from that and bog you down and hold you back, Right? But if 87% don't know why they're here, that means we're not trusting God as a people. With, with, and it, he's the one who, who called us into existence, gave us a purpose, knows the number of our hairs on our head. He's the guy, right? And so most of the time, what gets in the way of our purpose is us. Is us. Our mind, which is our emotions. Our flesh, which is our desire, right? And we choose to operate mentally and physically instead of staying in tune spiritually to the one who gave us life and breath and purpose from the beginning. And so I can back God's purpose for you throughout hundreds of scriptures and, and, and all personal promises that have been made to you. And there would be no argument. I can just sit here and roll them off. There would be no argument in that. But instead of reading more Bible to you or quoting more scripture, I just want to tell you that God's purpose for you is bigger and better for you simply because he is bigger and better than you. And if that affects you, this is where you need to start, right? That's theologically sound. God is the ultimate, the alpha, the omega, beginning and author and finisher of 
your faith, which means if he started and he's going to finish it, he's better. He's better. And I'm okay, and I'm okay with that. And I think as believers, we should all be okay with that. So the reality is if we want to walk in God's purpose for us, we need to get out of his way. We need to get out of his way. And that's the process that we live in. Those are the tensions that we manage as followers and believers in Jesus, right? Now, Joseph's dream, amazing dream, right? Joseph's dream was a dream from God. And, he's, and it's, it's a very vivid picture. It had everything to do with his purpose, but, but it had nothing to do with what he was actually going to do, right? It had nothing to do with what he was actually going to go through. And if you were here, I would say, how many of you have a dream in your heart? If you have a dream in your heart, think about that dream. Because it has everything to do with your purpose, but it's not going to be that. It's going to be about it. It's going to be bowdy-bowdy, right? So if you've not thought about this, it's, if you've not thought, well, do I have a dream? Has there, is there, have I ever felt this? Am I part of the 87%? Am I in that, am, am I in that bucket? And if you are, it's time to start asking God, Lord, help me find that. Help me find, what, what was that dream that I, that I did dream? What was, that, what was that that I did have, that I did know, that I did believe? And start adding that to your prayer life. Because to get to know God's purpose for your life, you have to know God. You must know God if you're going to know God's purpose for your life. And so because, because of that, to pursue your purpose... To pursue the dream that God put in your heart, you need to get the one and get to know the one who can reveal it and fulfill it, who can make it come to pass, who can make your purpose come to reality, right? Now, not every dream that we have is from God, right? I had a dream once that, that um, I was going to be a professional uh, football player. I had a dream once that I was going to be um, the athletic trainer for the Detroit Lions, and I thought, no, not very successful, although... Come on, Lions. <laughs> now, I'll be, a, I'll be a trainer for the Denver Broncos. That's who I'll train. I mean, we had El way then, and, and they were successful. And, and, so, and so, by the way, that's not real, okay? Some, some people have dreams of being movie stars. Some people have dreams of singing. Some people have dreams of fame, right? I would say that Heather sometimes has dreams uh, that I do dumb stuff in her life, and she wakes up upset with me. That's not from God either, okay? Those dreams aren't from God either. Now, the title of today's message is A Humble Suggestion, which is what point two is all about. Right in the middle, we got a point two sandwich right here. Point two is this. Joseph gives us a great example. Don't brag about it. Don't brag about it. There's a prophet that says, don't tell other your plans until they're done. Don't tell one, they'll steal them. Two, they'll laugh in your face, and you'll be more discouraged than you'll ever know, right? And so two, don't brag about it. Joseph's, Joseph's brothers said they hated him for his dreams and his words, and that was the third hate they laid on him, right? Joseph's dream was from God. His bragging was not, was not, right? And so the path to your purpose starts with a dream, but the dream is only the start to your journey, the dream is only the start to your character development. This is developing Christ-like character. It's God's number one goal for you, that you would become like his son, right? And so we'll learn later in Joseph's dream that, that, that Joseph's dream really had nothing to do with his purpose. It only put him on the path to it. And so 
if Joseph would have known what the dream really was about, if he would have known that the dream was going to, to, to end in feeding people in a famine at 17 years old, do you think he would have shared that? Do you think he would have shared that? Hey guys, I want to let you know, in about 13 years, sorry, yeah, that's right, in about 13 years, I'm going to feed you guys all dinner. You're going to be starving. I'm going to feed you dinner. Would he have shared that? No. Maybe, but probably not, right? And so what you need to know about pride, what you need to know about pride is pride always talks. Pride always talks. Pride always has to be heard. And pride always interrupts. Joseph got up and immediately went and shared the dream. Matthew 12, 34 says, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. From his heart, the mouth speaks. Matthew 15, 18 says, What comes out of a man's mouth is from his heart, and it defiles him. Boy, that was more true for Joseph than ever, right? And you want to know today if you might be prideful. If you think, well, I wonder if I, if I struggle with this. If this is an issue for me. I would identify what's in your heart. What is your motive, Right? Why do you do what you do? Why do you talk like you talk? What's the speak like? If you want to know if, if you're prideful, right? And I'm just going to say this. Knowing my 17-year-old self, if you had told me I was going to feed people in a famine, I'd say, boring. But if you told me something great that would rile my brothers up, that's pretty fun. I, I can get in on that, right? And so the reality is this, God knew that Joseph was going to brag because God knew that Joseph needed developed. God knew that Joseph needed to grow to fulfill the purpose that he had for him. And in, and in the purpose was a ton of promotion, but only after Joseph became humble. He had to humble himself. And so there's a phrase that we have in coaching. It says, it essentially goes, it's all about the journey. It's all about the journey. Purpose is a journey. It's not a box that you check or a place you arrive. Purpose is a journey. And in sports, it's never about one game. It's how you grow as individuals and how you mesh and come together as a team from week one, where you're not very good, until the end of the year, where sometimes you win a championship. It's really the journey. It's all about the journey. It's about memories made. It's about the, the practices and the walkthroughs and the team meals and the heat and the trials and the losses and the mistakes and the defeats and the corrections and the connections and the growth and the wins and the wins. That's what it's about. So Jacob gets up from this dream and he immediately starts bragging to everybody. Right now, I'm a verbal processor, so so I think while I talk. It's not the wisest thing to do, by the way. It's got me in it's it's got me in many a jam. Right, a verbal processor. I think while I talk. Some people think before they speak, which I wish that I did more often. I'm a work in progress. Okay. Some people think after they speak, which I had to grow out of that area real quick. If you're ever going to lead, you have to grow out of that area. And some people don't think at all, which Heather might argue I'm in that category sometimes, okay? But it's the biggest reason that you can tell if somebody, somebody's thinking when they're talking if they can remember what they said. 
If they can't remember what they said, they probably weren't thinking when they were speaking, right? And so if you think that you might be prideful or you think that you might be a little braggadocious, the best medicine is just to zip it, right? Zip your lip. Just stop talking. Limit your words. And then we're going to seek some friendly counsel. And we're going to get somebody to hold us accountable. Man, who can I talk to? Who do I trust to go, hey, you know, if I need to go in, there, there have been times where I ask Heather some pretty, some pretty solid stuff where I know this is likely going to hurt. Her answer is going to hurt. But, man, I really need to know. And Heather's always honest with me. And I'm grateful for that. And so the truth in all of this is this. You're never going to fulfill your purpose if you're full of pride. You will never fulfill, you will never pursue, you will never get to or be on point for your purpose if you're full of pride. The Bible says that God opposes, opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Knowing that, would you rather walk through life opposed or with grace? If you're going to fulfill your purpose, you cannot be full of pride which leads me to our final point. Pick the pride out of your heart. Pick the pride out of your heart. James 4.10 says, Humble yourselves before the Lord and He and He will exalt you. You don't have to exalt yourself. You don't have to exalt yourself. I grew up on don't think too highly of yourself, right? Or don't think too highly. Don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to, right? Put others above you. Well, I did that to a fault, right? It helped me out a lot, but it also created some, some pickles for me in my life. And so if you want to expedite picking the pride out of your heart, the root of pride is really insecurity. It's really insecurity. It's what pride disguises itself as. If you're like insecurity, yeah, what's insecurity? Lack of confidence. Lack of confidence. And if you would say, mm, nah, or if you feel like, nah, nah, I'm not insecure, that's cool, then you can replace the word insecurity with inferiority. And this is when we think that we're less. Inferiority is just thinking thinking that you are less, right? That you're less. And if inferiority is like, you're like, nah, that's not it either. That's either. You can replace inferiority or insecurity with inadequacy. And that's simply thinking I'm not enough. That I'm just, I'm not enough. It's different than thinking less of myself. And so the way that pride disguises itself is through insecurity, inferiority, or inadequacy. And when we feel these things, we feel like we need to build ourselves up, that we need to talk ourselves up, talk ourselves into it, you know, fake it till you make it. And, and by the way, people who actually know God and are walking with Him can see right through that, right? And who really cares about them? God sees right through it. God sees right through it. In reality, the whole time and all along, we know that our confidence is and should be in the Lord. That's where our confidence should lay. I was uh, pretty discouraged middle last year, and I had one of my friends, one of my really close friends called and said, hey, man, I just want to remind you that your confidence is in the Lord. It's not in yourself, it's in the Lord. And I'm like, man, you don't know how much I needed to hear that. What a great reminder. Because when, you, when you're in a position like I'm in, like most pastors are in, your confidence can get rocked on a regular basis. Man, people talk all kinds of noise to you. I get, all, I get hate, hate emails almost every week. And I let it roll off my back. Why? My confidence is in the Lord. We helped 200 people read the Bible last year. That's amazing. 91 people decided to follow Jesus last year. It's amazing. 51 people have been baptized since we've been here. Amazing. It's amazing. 37 people have been through next steps. Amazing. It's amazing. What God's doing is amazing. It's nothing I'm doing. Why? Because, because my confidence is in Him. 
Why do you think I can sit up here and tell on myself every week? <laughs> right? We should walk in humility, confident in who God is through us, instead of trying to be something or someone that we're not. And so I want to close with an analogy. And this is for you to use in overcoming pride and insecurity. You might have heard something similar to this. It's in almost every Disney movie that's ever been written, at least the classics, right? And so picture this with me. There's a prince, and he's up at the top. He's looking out the window, and as he's looking out the window, he sees an incredibly beautiful woman down in the town. It's in the village. It's a lowly place. It's not the slums, but it is what it is, right? could be the hood, whatever. And he sees me. He says, man, to himself, same thing I said when I saw Heather. I got to get to know her. I got to get to know her. Now, he's the prince. He could send for her, and he could have her if he wants, right? But he wants her to choose him, and so he finds a way for their paths to cross. Talks to the folks. He says, hey, here's what's happening. And by the way, in this analogy, I want you to identify and to remember that Jesus left heaven to come to you. So Jesus is going to sit in the seat of the prince, and you are going to sit in the seat of the beautiful woman that needs rescue. Just like Christ rescued the church, the bride of Christ, you are part of the church. And so this is, this is pretty awesome, right? And so here's what happens. The prince disguises himself. He goes out into the community. He takes a normal job. Their paths cross. He meets this woman. They go out to dinner at the local, you know, whatever. They fall in love. He proposes to her. She accepts the proposal. And then he says, hey, I need to tell you something. I need you to know who I really am. And I, I grew this beard and I got on these ratty clothes, but I'm the prince. I'm the prince. My parents live in, in that castle right over there. You might, you might know it, right? And they get married. And obviously it blows her mind, right? She's like, ah, they get married. He succeeds his father. And now he's the king and she's the prince. <laughs> Sorry, he's the king and she's the queen, okay? He's a king, she's a queen, he's succeeded his father. How does the, the beautiful girl they saw down the village that had nothing, how does she deal with her insecurity, knowing that she was just a poor girl with a low paying job, without any royalty, without any royal blood? How does she do that? She gets rid of her insecurity because she knows that she is the queen. She's the queen. That insecurity drops like that. How does she deal with her pride? She deals with her pride by never forgetting, even though she's up high in the castle, every day when she looks out at the village, she remembers, that's where I'm from. That's where I'm from. She never forgets where she's from. So, so then to make this personal, knowing that I'm a child of the king, takes care of all my insecurity, all my inferiority, all of my inadequacy, and it allows me to walk in my purpose. And I never get prideful about it because I know that he adopted me. I remember where I was going without him, right? Now I'm a child of the king, but I wasn't born into the royal family. There's no bloodline. And if you're going to fulfill your purpose, you have to remember who you are. You're the son or a daughter 
of the most high of a king who chose you, who called you, who set you on a path, created a plan, and who has a purpose for you to walk in. You're always going to be challenged by pride in work, in your relationships, in your accomplishments, and the things that you have. Here's what you need to remember. Pride, pride is always concerned with who is right. Humility is concerned with what is right. Pride leads to the fall. Humility leads to purpose. Humility leads to purpose. Lord, thank you so much for the opportunity to share today on just the subtle hint of what you have for us coming in this year. Thank you for helping people to lay aside all the things that keep them back. Lord, to step into who you've called them to be. Lord, I give you honor, credit, and glory for this. Thank you for what you've done in me, allowed me to be, be a part of, for helping me to remember, for helping my confidence to be in you. I ask that you do the same for people. I love you and I thank you for it. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you need to take a next step in your relationship with God, you're like, hey, this faith thing is working out. When I have a conversation, please email me, dusty at dustyotis.com. I would love to connect, answer any questions, get you a book, pray with you, anything. If this message and the series is going to speak to you, you believe in it, I would ask you to share it, send it along to somebody, and then make sure that you keep coming back. Here's your action step for today. There's four parts if you're taking notes. One, remember the dream. Well, remember the dreams that you had when you were younger. Just remember them. Remember them. Write them down. And I remember thinking that I was going to, what was in your heart? Identify, step two, identify the plans that you think God has for you now. Identify what you think God has for you now. The next two are the toughies. Now, develop the character to walk into them. Develop develop the character to step into them. Fourth, delete the pride. Delete the pride. Easier said than done. That's right. Practice humility. Think before you speak and get to know God. Get to know God. If you partner with us financially, I'm super grateful for you. Thank you. Thank you for going to the website. Click the link. You can give online anytime. And I'm grateful for every penny. What God's doing to multiply salvation and life change here is incredible. And so thank you. Next week. The pursuit of purpose continues. We're going to talk about or answer the question, what if I fall? What if I, what if I fall? And we're talking about how to see purpose from the floor. So then I pray the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, would give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him. I pray the perception of your mind would be enlightened so that you know what His hope, His calling, and His purpose are for you and the great things He has in store for you. I'm so thankful you were here. Go out have a great week. See you. Thank you so much for joining me today. A huge thanks to those of you who support our ministry. You make what we get to do in Michigan, Oklahoma, Texas, and Colorado possible with those weekly outreaches to our hospital heroes and public service men and women. It's a big deal to get to do that and to support the people who are caring for our communities. So go ahead and click the link in the description to become a partner, or you can visit livefreedefined.com and click the giving link. If you enjoyed the podcast, please take a minute to like and subscribe share it with a friend. Thanks again for being here today. God bless you.